The Sports Betting Radio now presents The Fix with Ryan Rothstein. Rothstein was a hell of a handicapper. I can tell you that. That's how winning is done. Now get out there and do it. Pulls up, three-pointer. Where do I start? Asking for a friend. Where do I start here on The Fix? Welcome back, everyone. Hope you had a good weekend. The opposite of the Eagles. All right, if you did the complete opposite that the Philadelphia Eagles did yesterday, you're in good hands. And listen, already calling for Carson Wentz. The truth hurts. The truth, Jalen Hurts. There's so much to get into for the Philadelphia Eagles, and we're gonna we're gonna try and get through all of it, man. First 0-2 start in the past five seasons. And the LA Rams just come into the link and, and just took the place over. No fans, empty. The Eagles looked like they didn't realize it was an actual game, like a regular season game in the National Football League. They looked so flat. They just didn't look like a team. Just a bunch of individuals going out and attempting to play the game of football. So we're going to get a ton of reaction. John McMullen for your football fix, just like he does every single night right here at 10.30 p.m. He's going to try and talk some sense into me and all of you with where this team is at now. And I'm going to give you plenty of my reaction and plenty of my opinion right here on The Fix, taking you all the way up to 1 a.m., Monday to Friday, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. We are live, and you can call in 609-601-3290. 609-601-3290. Monday Night Football. The Raiders opening up their billion-dollar stadium, their billion-dollar arena out in Vegas, first game in Las Vegas. As the Saints come into town there to wrap up a crazy week, too. Betting-wise, a crazy week, too. Second half is just underway, 17-17. I like the Raiders. My pick was the Raiders, plus five and a half, plus five, depending on where you got it. And that's looking good right now. Ten and five. Ten and five was my record. I gave you all of my picks on Friday and throughout the week last week leading into Sunday, including this game tonight. And I'm going to keep you updated, live updates, live odds, everything you want for this Monday night football game between the Raiders and the Saints. I think the Raiders are, are are better than people think. I'm not saying they're anything special. The Saints, I'm a big fan of Drew Brees and the Saints. I always like them to potentially come out of the NFC, but we'll see. First home game, John Gruden, Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, the running back for Oakland's an absolute stud. So we'll keep you updated throughout that game just a couple minutes into the second half out in Vegas. 
right now, Saints minus two. If you want to make a live bet, the total 59 and a half live on the board. Minus 140 for the Saints money line, plus 110 for the Raiders money line. Raiders look good as Carr just completes a pass for a first down. They're moving the ball, so I'll keep you updated there. But the Eagles, 37-19, that's the story locally. Jarrett Goff completed 13 straight passes to start the game yesterday, 20-27, three touchdowns, zero picks, a QBR rating of 142. Carson Wentz's QBR rating, 56. No touchdowns for Carson Wentz. Two interceptions for Carson Wentz. And he looked horrible. He looked absolutely atrocious. And if you guys want to keep making excuses for him, you can. I'm not. This is a a quarterback in year five. Yeah, well, he had an ACL injury. And, you know, there was a ton of other injuries. And Nick Foles won the Super Bowl. That must have been really tough for him. I don't care. Do you want the team to win games or do you not care? I want the Eagles to win games. And Doug Peterson right now looks like he's as stressed out as he's ever been. The guy that used to just everything that Doug Peterson used to touch turned to gold. And now it just seems like the opposite. As Mark Zumoff says, turning garbage into gold, Doug Peterson is doing the opposite. And there's a lot of injuries, and there's no offseason. And Doug Peterson in his press conference today said it's been really hard. You know, the offseason is showing on the film. We haven't had to practice enough. We haven't, And the list goes on and on, and that's great, but that's every single team in the NFL. You're not the only one, Doug. So where do they go from here? You have Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals coming into Philadelphia for week three. And everyone that I talk to, everything that I read about says, oh, well, that's a lock. (laughs) Cincinnati, okay, at least they get a win there. How is that a lock? Joe Burrow looks good. Cincinnati is not the Cincinnati team that we are accustomed to. And the Eagles are six-point favorites tonight if you look at it. And I laugh at that. I'm not going to go and make a bet on the Eagles minus six right now. I don't care if they're playing the Ventnor Pirates. It's not happening. That team's a joke. Tyler Higby? Who the heck is that? Three touchdowns. (laughs) Three touchdowns. Miles Sanders... The cocky and confident Miles Sanders, who in the offseason said he expects to be in contention for the MVP. The running back, Miles Sanders. He did everything but run straight yesterday. And yes, he ended up with 95 yards. But that opening fumble, that did it in for the team. Once Miles Sanders fumbled, it was over. So I'm not blaming it on him, but he's not. he didn't look good to me yesterday. Lane Johnson was back. He played well individually. And the team, I went over the team's record with Lane and without Lane. 36-12 and 12 going into yesterday's game with Lane. 6-12 and 12 without Lane. At a loss to the, to the loss column with Lane. And it's not his fault. But that just shows you there's bigger problems that Lane Johnson can't solve. His presence cannot solve these problems. John McMullen, 1030. Football fix.
Benny Heist, Ben Heisler from Sports Illustrated. He's their sports gambling expert over at Sports Illustrated. He's going to join me at 11 p.m. to run through all of the action in week two. Look ahead a little bit, maybe some futures bets that he likes and anything else with him. So don't go anywhere. We're taking you all the way up to 1 a.m. The Philadelphia Eagles 0-2, baby. Gotta love it. The second level. Whose last name would you take as your own if you had to pick one? Asman, Desiree, or Shander? It's not Asman. Ron Asman? Yeah. I think you'd have to go Tony, right? Ron Shander isn't terrible. Ron Shander sounds like a real estate agent. Ron Desiree or Ronnie D. Ronnie D is great. Tony D, Ronnie D. You guys are a couple of brothers out there. The second level with Aton Shander. Weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. Malamut and Associates is South Jersey's endorsed and preferred personal injury and workers' compensation firm, specializing in finding success during your greatest time of need. Managing partner Adam Malamut's history in South Jersey is heralded with recognition and awards, yet his approach to law is rather simple, to serve each and every client until justice has been served. Get connected with Adam at MalamutLaw.com and let the power of Malamut and Associates represent you when it matters most. Malamut and Associates, South Jersey. Jersey's best. This is Joe Krause with this week's Financial Minute. One of the most important decisions you'll need to make when buying a home is choosing the length of your loan. Many banks and credit unions offer terms ranging from 10 to 30 years, with 15 and 30 being the most widely offered. Each of these options comes with its own set of pros and cons. Financial advisors agree that a 15-year mortgage is the best choice for those looking to maximize their savings over time by paying off the home and building equity faster. But since monthly payments on a shorter loan are higher, it can be more difficult to budget for them. On the other hand, a 30-year mortgage offers the convenience of lower monthly payments, which can help you if you're building your savings for emergencies and retirement while making payments. Need help finding the right mortgage option for you? Visit pfcu.com for more information. Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, not here for our profit, here for yours. Heard it work? Go right now to InjuredWorkers.com. When you're injured on the job, your family is injured as well. Turn to a firm of legal attorneys that can help, that care, and that you can count on. Go to InjuredWorkers.com from Malamut and Associates. Nobody plans to get injured. When it happens, you need InjuredWorkers.com. Get the help you need from InjuredWorkers.com. Go to InjuredWorkers.com right now. The secret is out about the award-winning Wycombe Public House. People travel from everywhere for their mouth-watering 10-ounce burgers and the area's best wings, nightly food specials, their turkey ball, and their homemade treats. Wycombe Public House is a craft beer paradise with 18 rotating drafts, including a weekly selection from acclaimed local brewery Tired Hands. So hop in the car and take a drive to Bucks County because when you arrive at the Wycombe Public House, you'll know that you're home. Before you play your next round of golf, meet Boston Scott Golf, where style meets performance. You know the feeling. Most of your golf shirts are too big, too tight, and don't look great. Get the classic style golf shirt with the modern feel and let pure feel take over the next time you play. BostonScottGolf.com. Boston Scott Golf. Feel good, play good, and enjoy a great round of golf. Visit now. BostonScottGolf.com. Use the code Harry and save 20%. 
1490 Sports Betting Radio is South Jersey's home for my guys in the desert. Weekdays starting at 5. I'm Brent Musburger. Join me and the biggest names in sports and sports betting for the latest news and information on the games of the day. We'll deliver all the information that you need to wager and win at the Sportsbook. That's my guys in the desert with me, Brent Musburger, right here on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Your home with a better network. What up, what up? Welcome back to The Fix, everyone. I'm your host, Ryan Rothstein. 10-15, taking you all the way up to 1 a.m. I'll keep you updated on the Monday night football game. Raiders and the Saints. Raiders score, by the way, 24-17, just under 10 minutes to go in the third quarter. Saints plus one now. As I gave you my pick on Friday, I said the Raiders plus five and a half, and they're up by a touchdown outright on Monday Night Football to wrap up NFL Week 2. It was a crazy week, uh, Week 2 in the NFL. As a lot of underdogs helped out the, the betters, but also a lot of favorites won outright. 12-1 12-1 and one the favorites were. But that's straight up. And the Los Angeles Rams, they were supposed to be at that traveling across the country disadvantage for a 1 p.m. Eastern time game. <laughs> that didn't matter. But it was a roller coaster ride for, for that game as far as spread goes, right? Eagles were an early favorite as much as four and a half points. Then a ton of money came in on the Rams to make L.A. a one and a half point favorite. And then there was another big swing back toward Philly with the Eagles finishing as a one and a half point favorite some places just before kickoff on Sunday. And the Rams were the biggest underdog to win outright yesterday. So a weird week two in the NFL as far as underdogs and exactly what happened. For for a lot of books, they got hit hard. And an epic underdog result almost hit yesterday for an outright winner between the L.A. Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs. The L.A. Chargers ended up losing to the heavily favored Kansas City Chiefs 23-20. That game went to overtime. And Harrison Bucker hit three game-winning field goals to win that game. Not one, not two, three. A 58-yard field goal by Bucker to win the game. Reed decides to, he elects to kick the field goal. Penalty, so a 53-yarder becomes a 58. Then on the second attempt, the Chargers ice him. And on the third attempt, Bucker kicks it in. He made all three. First two didn't count. Knocks in the third one. The Chargers were eight-and-a-half-point dogs. And they had to send out rookie quarterback Justin Herbert into action when right before kickoff, uh, Taylor had a pregame chest injury. And Herbert looked good. He looked good, man. Played with no fear. 
And they should have won that game. So that's an impressive start, last minute especially, by the rookie Justin Herbert. But at William & Hill, Kansas City was the overwhelming point spread cash choice. 97% of the public money yesterday went to Kansas City. And 94% of the tickets in that game went to Kansas City. If the Chargers somehow figured out a way to get that win, Moneyline bet would have paid you upwards of $350. Some other underdog point spread winners yesterday, NFL Week 2. Losers in the game, but that's not what we're here for all the time. Jacksonville, Giants, Denver, Atlanta, and Miami. All dog point spread winners yesterday. And Johnny Avello, the director of sportsbook operations for DraftKings, he said today, wasn't a great morning for the book. Revenue-wise, and the afternoon wasn't that good either yesterday. The players had a strong week, too. A lot of parlays and teasers came in for them. And he said those days happen. But when a lot of favorites win outright, that's when the books really get hit hard because the public loves to throw in those favorites in big parlays. Those parlays rarely hit, but yesterday where I gave you the 12-1 and stat for favorites straight up, people throw those favorites, money line bets into parlays, and that can that hit the books. That definitely hit the books. The Jacksonville Jags, like I mentioned, they were a very popular dog bet as bettors took them from a 9 to 11 point underdog early in the week and then to a 7 from a 7 to a 7 and a half point range against the Tennessee Titans and the Titans needed a late field goal to squeeze out a win 33-30 outright. There was a lot of Titans money line enthusiasm enthusiasm, excuse me, 76% of the bets at FanDuel and 87% at points bet took the Titans' money line. Another interesting game, and I picked this game. I picked the Vikings plus three, three and a half, some places. The Vikings were a popular underdog wager uh, yesterday, NFL Week 2, but they came out flat against Phillip Rivers and Indy, and they lost. It was never even close, 28-11. to 11. On that one, the betters took a beating because 90% of the money line handle went to the Vikings. 81% of the spread also went to the Vikings. And how about that Dallas-Atlanta game? That game was nuts. Atlanta just loves to be on the, the bad side of history, always. That was a legit miracle down in Jerry World. The Cowboys figure out a way to come back and win 40-39 to against the Atlanta Falcons. Dallas was a three-point favorite, so Atlanta still covers. But if you're an Atlanta Falcons fan or if you're a Falcons money line guy yesterday, you're sick to your stomach. Cowboys were 25-1. to in play wagering at William Hill when they were down 39 to 24 at one point in the fourth quarter. And there was three different Nevada betters who took the Cowboys at those odds at that time. They cashed out straight cash homie. 
That onside kick by Dallas, I've never seen a kick like that. I mean, that was... Onside kicks now are near impossible to get. They're always near impossible, but especially now. I mean, that was perfectly executed. And very poorly executed by Atlanta, but Dallas did a really good job of recovering that, and that's the ballgame. Week two also saw major injuries. San Francisco 49ers got absolutely crushed on crushed on both sides of the ball. Nick Bosa, rookie defensive player of the year in 2019, he suffered a knee injury. Starting quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo left the game with an ankle injury. New York Giants had a devastating loss. Saquon Barkley went down, and that appears to be an ACL, and he's going to be done for the year. So a lot of... Big-time injuries yesterday in Week 2. How is that going to impact Week 3? How is that going to impact your betting the rest of the way in the NFL? 609-601-3290. Live in studios here on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Taking you all the way up to 1 a.m. Eastern Time. 10.30, we're going to have NFL Eagles insider John McMullen join me. Get back into some Eagles talk. Figure out... What the heck went wrong? I don't think he has the answers. I don't think Doug Peterson has the answers. And that's the scary part here. 11 p.m., Ben Heisler from Sports Illustrated. SI's Sports Gambling Insider. He's going to recap NFL Week 2 with me, go through some of the bad beats, best bets, and everything in between. Much more here on The Fix with Ryan Rothstein. As the Raiders... Still hold that touchdown lead, baby. First game ever in Vegas for the Raiders. Drew Brees has the ball on a third and 22. Keep you updated here. Can the Raiders win outright? How does that impact the betting public? We'll get into all of that and more right here on The Fix. Carson Wentz. No bueno. No bueno. The second level. For the fake news, the third story, which is Jake Asman schooling you yes. on a tweet I sent over the weekend. This is the result of that said tweet. I got to talk to the guy after you who tweeted out that a new name was going to be announced in 15 minutes. Did you see that Yeah, tweet? so I think Aton was making the joke basically being like, oh, we have a bad PR story. Well, let's announce a new name so no one's Thank talking you. about Darius. Well, that was a bad joke. It went over my head. Yeah, he fooled you. See, I'm on Aton's level there. He was doing a little, like, joking troll being like, oh, watch them put out their name now. No one will talk about Darius. Guys, we'll be talking about their new name. That was... Awesome. And thank you, Jake Asman. Look at that guy standing up for me, and he said even I'm on his level. Jake Asman is on the second level. I was trying to bring you up there with that joke on Friday. I can't believe, of all people, you took it literally. The second level with Aton Shander, weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. Finding the right lawyer for your legal issue can be a daunting task. Researching the Internet, calling law firms, and trying to get a lawyer on the phone can all be a nightmare. And then you might not even find the right lawyer for your situation. My Lawyer Tree takes the hassle out of finding the right lawyer. Go to MyLawyerTree.com or call 1-833-LAW-TREE. That's MyLawyerTree.com or call 1-833-LAW-TREE and let them do the work for you. It's free, quick, and easy. My Lawyer Tree, when you need a good lawyer, now. I'm Joe Krause with your Home Improvement Minute, presented by Russell Roofing and Exteriors. 
Potential upcoming storms may leave you and your family with unexpected roof damage or property damage. Russell Roofing is here with emergency services and wants you to consider these suggestions. Things you can do from the ground. Look for cracked, damaged, or missing shingles, moss, loose nails, and uneven or indented shingles. Inspect your gutters and downspouts for dents and an accumulation of roof granules. And when you have a question, call Russell Roofing at 215-887-7800 for answers. Inside your home, take notice to water spots on the ceilings. In your attic, look for water damage in particular rings around the nails on the ceiling and feel to make sure there is airflow. And most important, don't delay. Go to RussellRoofing.com. Two S's, two L's. That's RussellRoofing.com. I'm Joe Krause with your Home Improvement Minute. I'll see you at home. Heard it work? Go right now to InjuredWorkers.com. When you're injured on the job, your family is injured as well. Turn to a firm of legal attorneys that can help, that care, and that you can count on. Go to InjuredWorkers.com from Malamut and Associates. Nobody plans to get injured. When it happens, you need InjuredWorkers.com. Get the help you need from InjuredWorkers.com. Go to InjuredWorkers.com right now. Malamut and Associates is South Jersey's endorsed and preferred personal injury and workers' compensation firm, specializing in finding success during your greatest time of need. Managing partner Adam Malamut's history in South Jersey is heralded with recognition and awards, yet his approach to law is rather simple, to serve each and every client until justice has been served. Get connected with Adam at MalamutLaw.com and let the power of Malamut and Associates represent you when it matters most. Malamut and Associates, South Jersey's best. Before you play your next round of golf, meet Boston Scott Golf, where style meets performance. You know the feeling most of your golf shirts are too big, too tight, and don't look great. Get the classic style golf shirt with the modern feel and let pure feel take over the next time you play. BostonScottGolf.com. Boston Scott Golf. Feel good, play good, and enjoy a great round of golf. Visit now. BostonScottGolf.com. Use the code Harry and save 20%. AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio is South Jersey's home for my guys in the desert. Weekdays starting at 5. I'm Brent Musburger. Join me and the biggest names in sports and sports betting for the latest news and information on the games of the day. We'll deliver all the information that you need to wager and win at the sports book. That's my guys in the desert with me, Brent Musburger, right here on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Your home with a better network. All right, welcome back, everyone, to The Fix. Ryan Rothstein here, 29 minutes down and taking you all the way up to 1 a.m. Just seven days ago, the debut show right here on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. If you're just tuning in, welcome. We are live, South Jersey, taking you all the way up to 1 a.m. And one of the more exciting aspects of my new show right here on AM 1490 is every night at 1030 
we have NFL Eagles insider, a fan favorite, John McMullen. And he's going to have to calm me down because it's overreaction (laughs) Monday again here. And I don't know how many hall passes I have for this Eagles team, John. Yeah, we're not uh, we're not off to a good start. The show's off to a good start, but uh, uh, the Eagles zero uh, and two, and I mean, really, uh, a couple games. I think if you looked at the schedule and you played the, it's a win, it's a loss game that everybody loves to play, and I always joke it's meaningless. But you kind of chalk these two up as wins, typically against a bad Washington football team, and they, by the way, proved they were bad in week two. And then you have the Los Angeles Rams in the sort of body clock game coming west to east. Everybody talks about that. It's 10 o'clock in the morning for the Rams. And, you know, typically if you had 70,000 at the link, you know they would curl up in a fetal position. But no fans, and they just lit the Eagles up, man. They lit them up. It was just – it just looked like the Eagles didn't show up, and I think that no fans aspect was really visible – uh, at least from where I was sitting on my couch in that game. I mean, they they just looked, John, absolutely dead. An opening drive there, Miles Sanders. Welcome back, Miles Sanders. He fumbles the ball, and then ever since then, it was just, that was the nail in the coffin right from the beginning of the game. And it just looked like they had no energy, no fight, and it was just downhill from there. Yeah, and I, I think people are underplaying that because, uh, obviously, I was, at the game, one of the few people besides the cardboard cutouts. And it's really weird. I, I mean, it's and, – and Philadelphia, by the way, they they cornered off the whole city, so you couldn't tailgate. They basically shut down uh, the entire uh, South Philly area by the sports complex. So it, it just had this weird vibe to it. And, and you do talk about the energy. You talk about home field advantage. I think you saw it week one in a number of places that do have significant home field advantage. I think the Eagles are in that category. And all you have to do is look at the numbers historically, Ryan, about Jim Schwartz defenses at home versus the road. The numbers are great at home, uh, top three in the league since he's gotten here, terrible on the road for the most part, and people – uh, have criticized them for years, and, and rightfully so. Okay, that's gone. Uh, I mean, that was evident. I, I mean, it was like the Rams kicked up in a recliner. They were so comfortable. Uh, so that fan aspect, and it's not an excuse, but it is an explanation. I, I, I mean, that is a big, big part of the Philadelphia Eagles at home is the intimidation factor, and that's gone until this thing is over and people are allowed back in the building. There's not going to be a home field advantage. Yeah, it was clearly uh, visible, you know, from anyone watching the game, especially you there, that no fans was a factor. But just NFL Week 2 as a whole, John, home favorites straight up were 10-5. and five. So it's not like we can point to all these other teams playing at home yesterday if it was 5-10 and 10 or who knows, then maybe we could use that stat as an excuse. But it seems like home teams are still taking care of business, but the Eagles, no luck. And we have to start with Carson Wentz, John. So what did you see being there in person? Uh, I saw a bad quarterback, and 
and you know you start to think about what what exactly is going on here because it's a weird kind of regression um and for me the biggest part is the inaccuracy uh and i think it, you know, if you want to be an optimist, one of the few things that went really well for the Eagles was the offensive line. I mean, they were good. Uh, he he was he was making inaccurate throws from clean pockets, and you, and you start to say to yourself, okay, is this a mechanical issue? Talked in the past, uh, John D. Filippo when he was here was sort of a taskmaster and always had. Always harping on Carson and his mechanics, try to get better with his footwork. Always pointed. He had coached Carson Palmer and 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 Oakland, and mentioned that he was sort of the template as far as mechanics goes uh, amongst the modern quarterbacks. Uh, just awesome uh, as far as uh, his technique, and you know Carson didn't always like it having that guy always on his butt, so to speak, and. You know, Press Taylor's got more of a friendly relationship um, than anything else, and I, I think the mechanics have regressed. And you know, I I, I started to think today. I, I mean, you almost hope he he tweaked his groin at the end of training camp, if you remember, and he was out of practice for a number of days, uh, right around the end of camp, and when they had the the. Uh, the big scrimmage practice at Lincoln Financial Field. Uh, he wasn't involved in that, and the Eagles were resting him. You almost hope at this point that that groin is a little bit bigger of an issue than the Eagles are leading on, because at least that would be an explanation. But otherwise, it's like the regression is, is, is significant and weird, and it is hard to put your finger on what exactly is going on with this guy. All right, so from your standpoint, John, what are some legitimate reasons that you saw in the game yesterday that are not directly Carson Wentz's fault? Like, if we have to try and figure out what's going on with Carson Wentz, what is it that that's not his fault? Like, is it play calling? Is it receivers? Is it, like, what are you seeing out there that we can say, well, this is a legitimate factor? Oh, there's there's a ton of stuff besides Carson. Obviously, week one, the offensive line was a huge problem. And more than that, it was the backs and, and pass protection. Uh, but they cleaned that up in week two. Now, while that's true, the receivers were still bad. See, I, I mean, they are they are all playing at a poor level, with the exception uh, of Deshaun Jackson, who's been terribly mediocre and didn't even get targeted to the second half of that game. Miles Sanders obviously it gave a lot of juice to the running game, and it was much better, but you had mentioned that fumble. I mean, that was crippling uh, at the beginning of the game. And, you know, part of it is he didn't have a camp. He was out for four weeks, not used to getting hit. That's all understandable. Hopefully that improves, but that was a big impact on that particular game. And then against the Rams, I mean, the biggest issue, before you even get to Carson, is the defense. I mean, the defense talked all week. They knew what was coming, and they couldn't do anything about it. Uh, I mean, the Rams' misdirection, um, the movement, the eyewash, we talked about it ad nauseum. Every single one of them talked about it ad nauseum. They knew it was coming, and they still 
saw the ghost and couldn't play a disciplined brand of football, and they got gashed for 449 yards. The, the Rams threw it early and dominated, and then they ran off that passing game. And all of a sudden, they have almost 200 rushing yards. They did whatever they wanted. And to be honest, it wasn't as close as the final score indicated. You take away that Cooper Cup uh, punt return, which was a terrible decision, uh, and the Eagles forced the fumble and got that cheap touchdown. This game is a blowout and, and not even close. Talking with John McMullen, NFL Eagles insider, as we do every single night here on The Fix at 10.30 p.m. John has his own show, extending the play right here on AM 1490 every Saturday morning from 10 to 11. John, we've talked a lot about this throughout the summer leading up to NFL Week 1. What's this team's identity? What's the Eagles' identity? And last week, after Week 1 loss, we criticized too many big plays or attempts at big plays. And the complete opposite yesterday. It was just all dink and dunk, gain of four, pass right, gain of three, handoff to Miles Sanders, gain of two. What's their identity? Because they have all these new toys, so to speak, that are fast and it didn't really work in week one, and they didn't really know what they were yesterday in week two. No, I, I mean, I, I think it's fair to say they don't have an identity right now, and it's still early in the season. They're still searching for it. I think, you know, the one, again, if you want to go down the optimistic route, the one thing you could maybe hang your hat on is that, okay, if, if Miles Sanders settles down, uh, takes care of the football, He's going to be an effective runner, uh, so maybe he can build on that. That would be my foundation. That's where I would start. Uh, I mean, the young receivers have played like young receivers that didn't have an off season and didn't have much of a training camp, a, a scaled-back training camp. I mean, they've been un, uneven, to say the least, and – you see the explosion from Jalen Rager. Certainly the athleticism is there, but the consistency is not there. Running routes, uh, blocking in the run game, which is important, and, and people don't kind of look at that for the receivers, but he's been really bad at it. John Hightower essentially got benched. He played so poorly uh, in Washington. So now we're back to – ton of 12 personnel, which the Eagles have good tight ends. We talk about that all the time, but it, as good as your tight ends are, Ryan, in, in the modern NFL, you don't want to be playing that much 12. I, I mean, you put yourself behind the eight ball if you can't get receivers on the field. That, that's the modern NFL, and the Eagles can't get anything right, it seems, at that position. I, I mean, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, I, I, boy, I, I mean, I, I wrote today on, on, on Sports Illustrated, and, you know, this is the worst duo since oil and water. I, I mean, anytime Wentz throws it to him, it's a disaster. Yep. It, it's amazing. It, it's, it's really bad. And, and John also writes for phillyvoice.com, and there's a ton of articles daily that he posts there. Uh, so be sure to check out his work on phillyvoice.com as well. Um, John, I, I've said this for a year or two now at times that Doug Peterson doesn't seem like he's figured out how to 
play call for Carson Wentz. And I, I talked about it last week with you on the show, on the, on the air, that it. why does it always feel like the Eagles have to have all these injuries and Doug is forced to simplify that game plan? And then you look at the uh, success he had with Foles. Is this a problem for you? And I know he was asked about this today. Yeah, I, I, it is. You know, in the past, Doug has admitted that it was easier uh, to call plays under Nick Foles. And it's pretty simple as to why, because Nick does what he's told. <laughs> uh, so it makes it simpler uh, for the play caller. Carson's very stubborn. He's very hard-headed. I've compared him to Brett Favre. He wants to do what he wants to do. And it seems like when things do take off, as you mentioned, like, for instance, late last season, when you had to dumb down and simplify the offense and, and Carson got on board because not because he wanted to do it, because, but because he understood, okay, Boston Scott's coming up from the practice squad, Greg Ward's coming up from the practice squad. They All they've been doing all year is, is practicing with the scout team. They don't have a, a good fundamental understanding of the entire offense, so you simplify things and all of a sudden you take off. And that's what they did with Nick Foles. So it's proven the more they simplify this offense, the better it is. They just run uh, a number of plays and they run them well, as opposed to this big sort of West Coast hybrid with um, a little bit of of spread and, and an RPO game and that type of thing mixed in. When they get to that complicated offense things bogged down and it's been consistent now over essentially a three-year period and it's you know i wrote about this on philly voice last week i mean it's time to call the quarterback what he is stubborn and hard-headed and a year five can it change i don't know it never changed for brett Favre, but brett Favre was a hall of fame quarterback i i don't think carson wentz is at that level so I, I don't think he's got that kind of cachet, and at some point I think you're going to see heads butting. I think if it continues down this road, Doug's got to put his foot down and say, look, we, we tried it your way, doesn't work, do what you're damn told. And on the flip side of things, we can't even say, well, at least the defense, dot, 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 it's no. Well, at least the defense gave up 450 yards and 6.7 yards per play as the Rams put up a 37 spot. And Goff was absolutely excellent. 13 straight completions at one point, 20 of 27, three touchdowns, no mistakes. They went to the run game early and often and running back by committee and 191 yards on the ground. It was just that L.A. Rams offense looked unbelievable. And the Eagles defense was pathetic. Yeah, I mean, that 13 straight was to start the game. He didn't throw an incompletion until there was three minutes and six seconds left to the half. That's, that's when he threw his first incompletion. Um, and, you know, especially on third downs, early in that first half, Cooper Cup dominated. It was everybody. It was Nikel Roby Coleman. He got Avante Maddox. He got Darius Slay. Um, they just they – just, converted third downs at will. Uh, and then when they got the passing game going, they sort of got the running game going off that. 
Uh, and it was ugly. I mean, it, it, it was clear Sean McVay did like a lot of us do. And before the season, I know we talked about a lot, Ryan. We looked at these linebackers and said, what the heck? There's nothing there. Yeah, That's Nate Gary got McVeigh crushed. Did. Yep. Yeah, uh, I mean, Tyler Higby, everybody knows. I don't think anybody knew him in Philadelphia. They all know him now. Mm-hmm. Great pass-catching tight end. And that was the matchup. And I, I think everybody, including myself, focused in on Aaron Donald. How do you stop Aaron Donald? The Eagles did, again. They frustrated the heck out of him, completely shut him down. And then you go to the other side of the football and Tyler Higby, and that's that's who McVay said, okay, i got a big advantage here, and he just used it three touchdowns later. Uh, it was a, It was a blowout. Yeah, but what happened to John, and you and I talked almost daily throughout the summer, and, and we touched on, well, there's more secondary options now for Schwartz and Doug Peterson and this coaching staff. It seems like they may be going a different direction, and they bring in all these pieces, and you bring in Darius Slay and uh, Ruby Coleman, and it just doesn't seem like their secondary is competing at a respectable level. Forget anywhere close to an elite level. No, they certainly weren't uh, yesterday. And I, for the most part in week one, I mean, I think Darius played pretty well um, and didn't give up much against Terry McLaurin. Remember, everything is a small sample size now, and we are only talking about two games. And, you know, if you, you talk about Nikel Roby Coleman, I mean, he's got a history, and he's a good nickel corner. Um, and he got uh, – he had a bad day, and but you're not going to see many slot receivers like Cooper Cup. You're not. I mean, as the season goes along, uh, that might be the best slot receiver you see all year. So you do have to factor in the opponent at times, and obviously the Rams not quite as high-powered as they once were, but we talked before the game, Robert Woods is a really good receiver. Uh Cup is a really good receiver, and Josh Reynolds, even if you look at him versus Avante Maddox, that's 6'3 versus 5'9. Uh, so that was a big advantage. I, I think, you know, people, I often talk about the provincial nature of, of Philadelphia fans, and oh, they know George Kittle, they know Gronk, but they don't know Tyler Higby. And Tyler Higby down the stretch of last season was one of the best. Uh, pass-catching tight ends in football, and he snuck up on people. Um, and he's going to be like that all year. He's not going to get three touchdowns all week, but <laughs> all every week, but he's very good. So part of it is just, okay, this is a really good offense, and you hope it calms down, especially with the corners, because I do think overall this is by far the most talented cornerback group they've had in the, in the Peterson era. Um, but, yeah, on one week in September against the Rams, it didn't show up. you got you got to be honest about that. So just to give a quick preview here, uh, we're talking with John McMullen, NFL Eagles insider, Sports Illustrated, phillyvoice.com. Follow him on Twitter at J.F. McMullen. The Eagles dead last in the NFC East. And, yes, it's only two games, but – that Washington football team is tied for first with Dallas, and then you have the Giants, and then you have the Eagles. So 0-2, oh 
not a good start, and you certainly don't want to go to 0-3 as you have Cincy and Joe Burrow coming into town for the third game of the year. Yeah, I mean, obviously. and But, you know, the best thing, and I wrote about this on Philly Voice as well, the best thing the Eagles have going for them is the division. I, I don't think you can panic. And, you know, you saw that with, with Doug uh, today. He was laughing a little bit with me when I asked him the question. Um you know, you you can't. You have to be optimistic as a football coach. You can't go in with your head down and and woe is me, uh, because you you don't want to lose the team, and especially in this type of situation. Um, I, I mean, if Dallas doesn't pull off a, a historic comeback, I mean, how bad is this division looking today? Uh, and it's not getting much better. Uh, I mean, I think. Dallas is the clear uh, front runner, but it looks like they're going to underachieve again. Uh, Washington and the Giants just stink. Uh, they're still in rebuilding mode. And then you talk about the Eagles, who uh, have obviously underachieved. But this is shaping up as a 9-7 and seven division again. And remember, Ryan, also you have that extra playoff team. So, you know, as as bad as it looks today, you you have Cincinnati coming in with a rookie quarterback. They haven't won a game. They've been more competitive. Uh, it's not going to be a walkover. We just talked about home field. It's not what it once was. But it, it's not exactly, um, you know, the Baltimore Ravens or, or the Kansas City Chiefs coming in. And then if you want to go two weeks down the line and talk about San Francisco, well, that looked like a game, okay, you're not going to win that game. Well, all of a sudden, Nick Bosa tears his ACL. Um, Solomon Thomas tears his ACL. They're banged up beyond belief. They're not looking as difficult. So uh, it, it, you can get this thing on the, on, on the right track pretty pretty quickly. Uh, if you just do what you're supposed to do in the next couple of weeks. And that seems like it's um, much easier said than done for this Philadelphia Eagles team, at least at the moment. Overreaction Monday right here on The Fix, AM 1490. John McMullen joins me every single night right here, 10.30 p.m. And John has his own show, Extending the Play, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. John, thank you as always. We'll do it again tomorrow. All right. Thank you, Ryan. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. There he is. Oh, man. So much to get into with him. Me and him could do two hours on that game alone. Still two hours to go here, though. Don't go anywhere. Ben Heisler from Sports Illustrated joins me next. NFL Week 2. The second level. What the hell happened with the Houston Rockets? Just more disappointment. Again, at 104, the Thunder are not going to score points. 104? Last night in the NBA was such a split, was such a dichotomous night in which you had another underperforming, underachieving effort by the Houston Rockets in a close-out scenario where that game was gift-wrapped. All they had to do was just hit shots. That's it. Oklahoma City was not keeping up. If they put up 110, 115, OKC doesn't get an extra six or eight points out of tempo. That was it. That was all they could muster. 
and you barely, just barely cracked the century mark against a team that last time out shot themselves in the foot faster than Plexico Burris in a nightclub. The second level with Aton Shander, weekdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. Delval Insurance wants to save you 40% on your car insurance right now, and they will do it today. Here's managing partner Jim Muehlbrunner. A lot of people pay a lot more premium than they need to, and they may not have the coverage to to justify what they're paying. There's no charge for the complimentary insurance review. You will save money, and you will connect with a company that is an advocate, not a broker. Go to DVIGI.com or simply call Jim at 215-354-0122. That's 215-354-0122. I've met clients that think that I, as an independent agent, charge a fee versus going direct to GEICO or going direct to Progressive. We do not charge a fee. Let DelVal Insurance save you up to 40% on your car insurance. Get your complimentary review. Call Jim Muehlbrenner directly at 215-354-0122. 215-354-0122. Your savings are a phone call away. My name is Frank Halber, and I serve as president of Ask Me Local 1637. Every day, countless lives are devastated in our country at the hands of the opioid epidemic. Whether sparked by a pain-related work injury or other issues, many of those afflicted are family members, friends, and co-workers. It may even be you in desperate need of help. No one is immune to the effects of this terrible epidemic. If you or someone you know or love is suffering from addiction to opioids or other substances, don't wait another day to reach out to someone and seek help. I have personally felt the pain that this epidemic inflicts, and I beg of you to tell a friend, a family member, or a professional now and get the support you need like your life depends on it because it does remember it's not where you start the race that counts it's that you finish that matters the most my name is frank halber of ask me local 1637 i'm a labor leader and organized labor cares Malamut and Associates is South Jersey's endorsed and preferred personal injury and workers' compensation firm, specializing in finding success during your greatest time of need. Managing partner Adam Malamut's history in South Jersey is heralded with recognition and awards, yet his approach to law is rather simple, to serve each and every client until justice has been served. Get connected with Adam at MalamutLaw.com and let the power of Malamut and Associates represent you when it matters most. Malamut and Associates, South Jersey. Jersey's best. The secret is out about the award-winning Wycombe Public House. People travel from everywhere for their mouth-watering 10-ounce burgers and the area's best wings, nightly food specials, their turkey ball, and their homemade treats. Wycombe Public House is a craft beer paradise with 18 rotating drafts, including a weekly selection from acclaimed local brewery Tired Hands. So hop in the car and take a drive to Bucks County because when you arrive at the Wycombe Public House, you'll know that you're home. Before you play your next round of golf, meet Boston Scott Golf, where style meets performance. You know the feeling most of your golf shirts are too big, too tight, and don't look great. Get the classic style golf shirt with the modern feel and let pure feel take over the next time you play. BostonScottGolf.com. Boston Scott Golf. Feel good, play good, and enjoy a great round of golf. Visit now. BostonScottGolf.com. Use the code Harry and save 20%.
All right, welcome back, everyone, to The Fix. One hour down on a Monday. Two hours remaining, taking you all the way up to 1 a.m. Eastern time. The Eagles looked ugly. Looked ugly. John McMullen just detailed all of that. If you missed any of that conversation, it will be up in podcast form. Follow myself on Twitter at WiseRye, W-I-S-E-R-Y-E, for links and audio to everything in the shows right here, Monday to Friday, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. And the Raiders, five-and-a-half-point dogs. My pick, Raiders with the points. They're up by a touchdown outright. Winning outright, 24-17. to 17. And the Raiders have the ball. Just over nine minutes to play in the fourth quarter. If you want to make a live bet, Saints plus three total, 54. Money line plus 130 for the Saints, minus 160 for the Raiders. 